0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Awkward In-Between Podcast, a podcast about living in those awkward in-between spaces between, I guess, polarised certainty more than anything else is what we're looking at. I'm Damien and joining me is my co-host Dave.
1: Yeah, I am Dave and uh, here we are. The the bad news is you're listening to two middle-aged white guys. (laughs) We are two middle-aged white guys, and what the world
0: doesn't need any more of is two middle-aged white guys forming a podcast and giving their opinions
1: on things.
0: So knowing that you don't need it, we're doing it anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So why are we doing it, Damien, if we know that maybe this is uh, cliched, shall we say? My 17-year-old thinks that this is about the most cliched thing his white dad could do. But uh, we've still decided to do it. Uh, And I would like to think that it's not just for self-indulgent reasons.
0: No, and it is. I mean, it is cliché. And I think it's cliché for a reason because I think that there are a lot of probably middle-aged white people that feel, particularly white men, that are wanting to have a voice and have an opinion and having a thought on things and a podcast seems like a great way to do it. But for us, it's more than that. I think, you know, where and why we've called this the Awkward In Between podcast is because we are acknowledging that we, as privileged middle aged white, males have probably found ourselves in this very awkward in-between space in human evolution in some Mm. respects where we have come from the, I guess, the extreme oppression of the white patriarchy of the past uh, and to whatever it is we're moving forward, which we hope is something far more positive and inclusive and better than that, and trying to work out for ourselves where is our position in that, what is our Mm. voice in that, and how can we be a positive part in that and not feel completely shut down and told we're the bad guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's it, more so than even just having a voice. It's just being allowed to be a part of the conversation. Mm. I think it's it's easy to feel like it's it, it's easy to know maybe I don't get to have too strong an opinion on certain issues because of my own experience uh, not giving me the context to do that in a reasonable way. But how do I be a part of the discussion as much for my benefit? to see me change, to, for me to be able to grow and learn and, and be a part of that something better that we're hoping the future holds uh, than to just have an opinion, you know. So it's not so much about my voice I'm interested in, to be honest, in this podcast, as my except when my voice is maybe voicing questions. i got a lot of questions mm. and maybe not that many answers uh, and that is, I guess, what the awkward in-between looks like.
0: Yeah, no, forget that. It's all about my voice. Um, <laughs> and. The- <laughs> The reason, but what and what I mean by that, though, in all seriousness, on one hand, yes, here we are, you and I, in this, I guess, collective group of middle-aged white male. You know, if we were to tick one of those government forms where they ask you to put what demographic <laughs> yeah. you on, we, we fit the box, you know. And yet, at the same time, as an individual, here I am, as as a human being, um, that just wants to find and understand their place in the world and mm. be able to do that in a way that. Um, is positive and allows me to ask questions because I want to be someone that contributes to a more inclusive and loving environment and I hate to think that because of my age or race or gender or whatever it might be... All things
1: you had no say in, right?
0: Yeah, (laughs) that I was suddenly told you're not allowed a place at the table anymore because people of your race, age and gender in the past have dominated that place at the table. And I guess... You know, this probably will be an awkward podcast in some respects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we are two guys trying to be sensitive to the fact that we're open to, you know, we're wanting to have discussion that is going to be positive and inclusive and allow us to understand better the, the plights of people that people like us have oppressed in the past. Mm. Um, but also, yeah, we, we want to... I guess grow. We want to become allies of of minority groups. Yeah, I I know you and I are both people with strong social justice bends, and Mm -hmm. we want to be people that. can contribute to a more equal and whole world and we're probably going to fumble and fart around trying to do it and that's what this podcast is it's a space for other people that feel awkward about wanting to do positive things and yet keep finding they're tripping up over their own feet and offending people (laughs) around them
1: in doing it absolutely and we probably will say things that could be taken in an offensive way Mm. I, i know how clumsy i feel uh in certain discussions in certain spaces about not really knowing the right way to talk about certain things and having questions that i know are probably politically incorrect to turn a phrase Mm. but uh but not having a better way to discuss those things and then not knowing how to get to having a better way because i'm not allowed to ask the questions you know so it's this kind of catch-22 you find yourself in yeah and if we haven't already lost any prospective listeners because we've you know confessed to being two middle-aged white guys then i'd I'd love to invite anyone who's listening into the conversation you know there will be links to some sort of social media um ways to connect with us in the show notes Mm -hmm. and uh, we would love to have your feedback including set us straight when we get it wrong You know, when we say things the wrong way, when we're insensitive, uh, this this is why we're doing this is to get better in those spaces.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think that this podcast is worthwhile doing is because. When I, I tend to think when people get shut down and when you have groups that, you know, suddenly feel like they're losing their voice, um, particularly groups that have probably held power for some time, you start to see, and, and I think we're seeing it in our society, this strong polarisation and you're seeing this re-emergence of, you know, of, of extremism um, in ways that can be really unhealthy. And, mm. you know, and here we, in Australia there's been, you know, some, um, you know, it's and in in small ways, like I don't want to over-dramatise over, over uh, dramatize it, but you start seeing kind of more neo-Nazi movements and things like that. You start seeing white middle-aged male people suddenly become quite aggressive against some of the, the other groups that is now finding a voice. And that's not what I want to be a part of as a white middle-aged person. So what this is is a podcast of people that – want to engage in conversations in a healthy way and find that middle ground, that awkward space where we do suddenly meet and engage with people that aren't like us as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think for me I've really wrestled in recent months with the value of this and whether others would see any value in this and I, that remains to be seen But uh, and, and wrestling with the idea of even doing a podcast as a white guy. Uh, I had an experience a couple of years ago though and I've kept coming back to it as I've been processing whether this is worth having a go at. Um, it was one of the catalysts, I guess, for me first reaching out to you and pitching the idea. What do you think? Is this something we might have a go at? Mm. And I'd posted uh, a message of support essentially for my lesbian daughter but what you need to understand is that the context for me of posting that uh, to Facebook um was a very conservative Christian upbringing, uh, and and that being fairly definitive of most of my communities and most of my world, mm. uh, up until seven years ago, I was running a Christian music festival, Australia's largest drug and alcohol free Christian music festival, which I ran for ten years in Toowoomba. And it was great. I loved it. It was it was a lot of fun, but yeah, that uh, certainly defined. My community, you know, and uh, and when I posted this thing, I spent an hour crafting the message because I was nervous. I was nervous about how it would be taken by family and friends in that community. Um, yet felt uh, uh, driven to post it, um, both because my beliefs were shifting, mm. uh, and for the sake of my daughter uh, knowing that she had my support. Uh, and my love. But more than that, that actually, I, I, I didn't necessarily even believe some of the things that she had come to expect me to believe uh, in how we had raised her up until that point. And look, we, I got some of the expected pushback from more conservative Christian people uh, on my Facebook account. Uh, that was expected. Um, but what really surprised me was actually a significant number of responses from people in that community, and some of them were public, some of them were were private responses, um, uh, thanking me for putting that post up um, because it helped them to feel a sense of permission either to publicly express similar things or just to even ask questions that prior to that they'd never even felt allowed to ask. Uh, and, and so that was one of the things that got me thinking about doing something like this, not because I think I've got it all together, but quite simply because I don't. Mm. And it was apparent that journeying that with other people was potentially of value.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And maybe that's what that sets this podcast slightly apart from those of other middle-aged white people <laughs> that just want to come along and give opinions. Is it's, For us, it's not so much about giving opinions. It's actually just asking questions. Yeah. Um, and having that permission to ask the questions, to explore things, and feel, yeah, you know, and, and create space for other people that are just curious um, about what's going on for people outside of our tribe, outside of our groups. Why is it that that particular people find this important? Why is it other people are getting angry about this or whatever? And me, I'm to engage in that from a spirit of. I just want to understand things better, rather than coming and going. Oh, I know the answers, and I just yeah. want to tell you how it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because, so I mean, for me, that's probably my journey of, of um, finding myself in these awkward in-between spaces. Is you know, like you, I grew up in a very conservative Christian evangelical home, um, and in some ways, that's still. I mean that. Does shape a lot of who I am um, and how I think, and and ironically, actually, a lot of my journey has come from a deepening desire to live out a Christian faith in the most authentic way that I possibly can. And mm. for me, my understanding of Christianity was one that was um, driven by the idea of of love and acceptance and understanding of others, mm. um, and it was really interesting for me uh, as I delved deeper into wanting to live out a life you know like I I became more um, concerned and I guess compassionate towards people that were oppressed minority groups and things like that mm. and because I felt that that was the Christian thing to do and then the more that I started to probe and push and I, you start to realize that so much of I guess like for me um, what had been defined as Christianity was in some ways very much, um, you know, it, it was actually just a framework for for capitalism or imperialism or other you know powers that may be. That when I pushed against those, well, actually, I have I have questions and problems against some of these things too. And so I mm. suddenly find myself in the awkward space of going. There's this faith that is giving me some sense of value, and at the same time, it's also creating a whole bunch of turmoil and things that I, I'm not comfortable with. And mm. And that has been a catalyst for me, is you know,
1: for, for asking questions and probing. And yeah, absolutely. How how do you find you interact with that Christian tradition now?
0: Um, it's a difficult one for me now. You know, like would I even label myself as a Christian anymore? I don't know. I want to say yes because I actually still very much hold a lot of value for the person of of Jesus. That um, I guess when we talk about Christianity is a whole idea of the yeah, idea yeah. Of, of the Christ, right? Um, and I look at this person as being, you know, um, irrespective of whether or not he's God or not God. And there's all these other things that, you know, that, that get placed on, on Jesus. I just see, from what I understand and what I know, someone who has a lot of compassion for the poor and the oppressed and is trying to... Um, Almost subvert oppressive systems through nonviolent means, and for me personally, that still resonates with me incredibly strongly. Mm, like I am a mm. pacifist and somebody that um, really does believe in in love and equality for all. Uh, so, in that sense, I sit there and go, if that's what Christianity is, then I'm very much a Christian. Mm. Um, I still hold value for things like the Bible but not in the sense that an evangelical may where they might look at it as being some sort of inerrant, inspired, you know, God-given, you know, word of God type thing but Mm. I look at it from more of an anthropological perspective of here's a collection of writings for people wrestling with similar questions that we're wrestling now Mm. um, and trying to find that in a space that is largely theocentric. Um, and I think that there's a lot that can be gained and learned from that too, which mm, again creates mm. an awkward in-between space because you find a lot of people are either you know, 100%, oh, yeah, I'm all for the Bible, it's great, it's God's written word, it's whatever, or the Bible is just a load of shit, let's mm. stay clear of it. Yeah, yeah. And I find myself in this interesting, awkward space going, oh, I actually get a lot of value out of it still yes um, as a human.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I understand certainly my upbringing was quite conservative Christian as well. I was a pastor's kid in a couple of different traditions for right up through my most of my teenage years and uh, uh, I went to Bible college. I know you went to a a different kind of style of Bible college but we both done that and uh, went on to be very involved in I guess the production event type space which has become pretty much my career I'm still involved in that space in corporate circles these days uh, but that space for many many years after Bible College was church centric. Mm. you know I was doing sound at church it was organizing those sorts of things and teams and um, you know, out of practice drummer as well involved but that was always in church circles primarily uh, right through to running Christian music festivals obviously up until seven or eight years ago. And, uh, and I, I know what you mean. It's, it's like, you know, I was taught to read the Bible in a very particular way. Um, and, and that's been part of my journey over the last seven or eight years, especially, um, in this awkward in between space in terms of my faith, um, has been going, actually, maybe there's some other ways to read this that are equally valid, even in the Christian space, um, valid. And, uh, yeah, I guess I would still, uh, identify as christian as well again i I think that term is quite problematic (laughs) i've got friends and family who don't feel like they can identify with that would still call themselves maybe a jesus follower you know not unlike what you've expressed um because i think that word has just come to mean certain things you know people expect it to mean certain things that it doesn't resonate in me for Mm. so yeah i I get that Um, and I, i guess as i've unraveled my religious beliefs—I've um, found myself unraveling a lot of other things as well that are probably quite entwined mm-hmm. with my religious beliefs and my religious upbringing about being male, you know, and and patriarchal society and mm-hmm. and the patriarchy in the church in church circles, mm-hmm. uh, certainly over the generations, and let's be honest, still today in many circles, um, my straightness, mm-hmm. um, you know, has obviously been very informed by my Christian upbringing, uh, which I had already gone a long way towards kind of wrestling with and coming to some different opinions on before um, my wonderful daughter uh, came out to us a few years back um, as a lesbian. Um, and uh, I'm so pleased, so glad that by the time she did, I was uh, I had already come to a much more accepting place. so That wasn't so problematic to me. Um, my whiteness you know again the church and whiteness is is you know quite entwined certainly throughout history and so all of those things have my politics you know all of these spaces where i've discovered i'm uh, in mean, an awkward in between uh that are both tied to but not exclusive to my faith mm. upbringing yeah yeah
0: now it's, it's amazing how much and, and I, I do find the same, how much that, that sense of spirituality and, you know, and upbringing and faith in Christianity has suddenly influenced so many other spheres of life. And I think that's why I, this podcast, again, is something that I'm quite passionate about because I think that there are probably people, you know, there, there are going to be people that sit to themselves, well, I identify as a Christian but at the same time I am don't want to identify myself as being, you know, Homophobic or um, anti, you know, like pro anti-abortion or things like other issues. Yeah, yeah. That when someone hears the term Christian, straight away goes, you know, well, if you've said you're a Christian, you're obviously you know, and and I therefore don't want anything to do with you. In the same mm. way that there may be a perception that Christians look at somebody who says, "Hey, I'm gay," and therefore goes, "Well, I don't want anything to do with you." And yeah. I think that there yeah. becomes these awkward spaces that people find themselves in, where they go, "Well, there are things of value here for me." that means something to me and now I don't know how to fit in the world with that value and not come across as if I'm something that I'm not
1: yeah no absolutely um, even as we keep having this conversation you know, I keep bumping into those moments where I just kind of like oh did I say the wrong thing have right. I used the wrong language uh, I hope I haven't upset anybody it, it, it's tough right it's really it can be really hard and and I hope that this can become a space both for it us as individuals and others who may choose to join this little journey, wh- where it can be safe, you know? Yeah. And you say the wrong thing, someone's got to call you out and say, you said the wrong thing. Yeah. But with a bit of grace, you know, kind of going, hey, we know your heart is trying to get to the right place. You're trying to understand these things better and and broaden your perspective and your context. Uh, you didn't quite get that right. You need to know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's okay. We're on a journey, you know, and we love that you're trying to come with us. So,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's a really great point because there's going to be people from all sorts of spheres. I think that, you know, just come with that heart of, I just want to understand and know and become someone who's more accepting and loving and appreciative of other people around me and particularly people that I don't understand because I think we learn more about ourselves yeah. from the people that are different to us than from the people that just reinforce that, you know, that feedback loop. Yeah, yeah. Um, sort of thing. But whenever you're engaging with something that you don't understand understandly different, you're bound to st- just put your stuff it there.
1: up. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm kind of I'm feeling both glad and a little disappointed that we've... That this is, let's be honest, what, the second, the third time we've recorded <laughs> this episode? <laughs> I wonder if this will be the one we keep. We'll see. But uh, as a result, mm. the one beer that I have in front of me mm. is now really quite low, which is going to be feeling a little bit more relaxed because, to be honest, it is a uh, 10% beer with about three standard drinks in this one little bottle. Uh, yeah, full,
0: full transparency, we're going to be drinking a shitload of beer during these podcasts because that is something else that we both have kind of, apart from just wanting to, you know, <laughs> apart from being white <laughs> male uh, from Christian backgrounds, um, <laughs> we, we like, are, we like love beer. beer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cliches keep coming. Yeah. But uh, no, we do, I'm a massive craft beer junkie, as I said earlier, we went on to... Uh, run a craft beer festival after Easterfest. For those playing um,
0: along at home, we are drinking a Sierra Nevada Narwhal Imperial Stout.
1: And it is delicious. Actually, Sierra, Sierra Nevada were, were my go-to. I was lucky enough to be in America... Uh, Oh, back around 2011, got to take the family to California, do Disneyland, all that fun stuff. But uh, I found that I was in this like paradise location where the worst beer you could ever have to drink was a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which is a delicious pale ale. Uh, it's like every restaurant, every bar, at least, you know, we have, you know, can, oh, I can choose between a, a Tui's and a Carlton Draft and a Forex, you know, or a Great Northern, and that could be the entire lineup. Like, mm. literally, I don't think we went to a single place that didn't at least have Sierra Nevada Pale Ale on, so I wanted to move to California, to be honest, but uh, it is a delicious beer, and we will be Both drinking and talking about the beers that we're drinking at some point. Unfortunately, tonight I do have to drive home. So, Mm. this will be it for me. I have uh, a little bit left and then it's all over.
0: Definitely, definitely a good beer. So, as I say, that was a, uh,
1: and we're not sponsored by any breweries, but I'll tell you what, if you want to jump on board. (laughs) We're we're not close to the possibility. Feel free to reach
0: out. 10% more narwhal. It was good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes. how many narwhals do they use in the making of this? <laughs> Hopefully none because
0: I'll tell you what, getting back to awkward in between spaces, yes. I mean that's definitely an area for myself that I'm also just trying to become more aware of is you know, my place within the, uh, the environmental um, you know, the context in which I live and trying to become a citizen that's becoming more aware of my impact on, on the little things. So I'm trying to kill less narwhals to put in my beers,
1: Killing less unicorns of the sea... For our beer, you are much better at that than I am. Though like I, killing I'm gonna... unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. Uh, just to be clear, the, the uh, social responsibility in the in, when it comes to the environment, uh, you, you got a whole little self-sustainable little world developing here. I'm trying to. I've got a,
0: a little collection of chickens, and I've got my own little vegetable garden, and trying to grow you know what I eat and things like that. It's been it's been a fun journey actually trying yeah. to. Find different ways in which I can do what I think is, you know, the, the positive thing for myself to, yeah, to become someone who is more aware, you know, and more more contributing. I guess,
1: and and you, you vegetarian, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I have become a vegetarian actually. And um, that's, again, one of those things like it's not that I have a, a you know, a, a, a strong, although that's changing too. Um, But initially, it wasn't a case of, oh, I'm doing this because I think eating meat is wrong. But more so because I just looked at, well, the amount of meat consumption that's happening in the world, the amount of land that gets cleared for meat and stuff like that just seems to be uh, detrimental to the planet. And I kind of thought, well, if the one little thing I can do is not eat meat um, because it's going to allow more space for trees and things like that to be grown and create a better world for other people, I, I can do that.
1: I'm committed to being quite transparent through this process. Like yeah, you've I, already I, eaten I two cows All we got here. <laughs> <laughs> about, you know, open and real about who I am and the journey that I'm on. Does it count for anything that I did go and talk to my butcher at the markets the other day and ask them to tell me to what extent, if any, and it was quite good actually, but uh, their seafood and meat was ethical. And I know be, there's going to be people listening who are like, there's no such thing, right? But mm. I, I'm trying... <laughs> Yeah. I want to I'm trying
0: <laughs> we, and again that's just the
1: fun see I find
0: that is the that's the that's the joy of living is that you are when you're in a community and you're in a community that's not just you know your own tribe or whatever but you actually start engaging with other people you end up finding people you know it it becomes awkward and it becomes messy because you will end up having a vegan sitting at the table next to a carnivore you know and and trying to find ways in which how you can you know lovingly communicate and understand each other yeah without suddenly wanting to you know well I guess the, the The vegan doesn't want to kill the other person because that would be really hypocritical. It wouldn't really add up, would it? But if the carnival suddenly killed Nate the vegan, you know, that's...
1: But we don't want that. (laughs) No, we do not. (laughs) We want to be able to get along.
0: Yeah. And so we're hoping you'll join us on that kind of journey, I guess, of just fumbling and farting around to becoming more... Feeling more safe, I guess. And and that's the the main thing because we live in this society where it does feel like we've got a lot of cancel culture stuff happening on, people want to get very quick to take offense on things Um, and it can make it very difficult and you can feel, you know, I know for myself, can feel very hesitant to want to put forth an opinion on anything in case it's taken the wrong way and yet – how When we share our opinions, when we ask our questions, that's actually how we become more vulnerable with the world and reveal more of ourselves to the world, I think. Um, and that's mm. how we actually grow in deeper connectivity with each other.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, you know, the, the journey for me in this awkward in-between space was definitely initially one of trying to uh, find more certainty. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a quote I had, uh, I remember from a... Um, Uh, a a Christian podcaster more liberal um, than my conservative upbringing which was a really good space for me and as part of this journey I still listen to it occasionally and it was just a great space of safe space for asking some of the questions that had previously been um, taboo but uh, I remember a quote uh, from that podcast really stuck with me and and it's Christian-ish but it's talking about faith, but I think it's true broader than that as well. This is that on the other side of certainty is not more certainty, but trust. And really stuck with me. And I, I think that journey for me has been one of moving past trying to find new answers i could be certain on you know oh, does god send people to hell oh no now i have the new answer to that question mm. i used to think the answer was yes now i'm confident it's no and this is what it looks like so much as having become increasingly comfortable with the awkward in between space mm. I first kind of played around with language like a bit around the awkward in between right at the beginning of this journey around the time that the festival came to an end seven, eight years ago. Uh, and, and at the time I saw it as a season to get through. You know, it's kind of like, okay, there was this. And that was true both for me in terms of my work. It was true in terms of every part of my life at the time with the festival having ended. But it's like, okay, I used it used to be this. Now that's over. And now I'm waiting for the next thing. The next big festival I can run, or the next certain answer about the things that I used to be certain of, and as time has gone by, eight years later, I'm sitting here now recording a podcast called "The Awkward In Between" because I'm still there. But the difference is, I've become more comfortable in that space. I think certainty is overrated. It sure is, uh, and and comfortable with uncertainty. Uh, I think this might be true, but you know what? It's just the information I have so far. It's just the people I've met so far. Uh, It's what I've been exposed to so far. Um, I think uncertainty has a lot to be said for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And
0: and, and that would also, again, just for myself, my own experience, that sense of becoming more and more comfortable about how not – Set in any particular camp, I happen to be um, has become a really great place, and I found that not just in my spiritual sphere but also in my sexual sphere, my gender sphere like all these things. Yeah. Where once upon a time, I felt this pressure that I had to, you know, you had to be, um, you know, Christian or not yeah. you know or Muslim or atheist or whatever it might be to go, well, you know. I- I don't really feel comfortable in any of those. I have questions about all those spaces, yeah. or whether or not you had to be gay or straight, or whether or not you had to be, you know, male or female and fit this particular. You, know, you either had to be the, um, you know I don't know. I'm trying to think of some quintessential male stereotype. I keep thinking Crocodile Dundee. I'm like, well, I don't fit that, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, I don't fit. Whatever the antithesis of Crocodile... I mean, who would be the antithesis of Crocodile Dundee? Um, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, right? I don't fit, fit there either. Um,
1: and I'm starting to find this is a good space to be yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I think labels... Look, labels can be helpful when you're looking at sweeping generalisations, you know. And there's... Value, I think there is usefulness in that. And I think we've become a little bit too afraid to Mm. say, well, you know, sometimes this group of people share certain traits on mass. Of course there's exceptions, Mm. you know. Um so sure I think labels can be helpful sometimes. Mm. But uh it's like I said, I kinda I kinda wanna say, Yeah, I'm still a Christian. But I feel like just putting that label on is often as unhelpful as it is helpful. And uh, it's like, look, absolutely, I have uh, lots of respect and see tons of value in that Christian tradition that I was given. I don't know, some people who have come from that place actually feel very traumatized and broken by their experiences of that and have no desire whatsoever to to, uh, connect with that tradition in any way. Uh, and I want to respect that too, you know, across the board. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it still works for me in some ways. But yeah, the label is just kind of unhelpful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's something about, I was just uh, thinking Monty Python, Life of Brian for a second there, where we're, yeah, we're, we're all individuals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yet there is something very profoundly true about the fact that at the end of the day, we are all human beings with our own very unique experience yeah. of what it means to be human and, and what it is to find our place in the world. And I hope that through this podcast and if you join us for future episodes, that you might find yourself feeling more comfortable to ask the questions and be able to share your, your own experience of what it means to be human and what it, you know, yeah. to, to feel confident and safe and have permission to be curious about the world and the people around you and yeah. uh, to venture into the world in a spirit of love rather than a spirit of fear because that's a really cool,
1: yeah, cool love place it. to be. Oh, that's good, man. Now, so if you are a middle-aged white guy, we're here for you like more than anyone because you might be the person who's on a similar journey to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe you're just white or just a guy yeah. uh, or just middle-aged. I don't know. But uh, mm-hmm. if you find value in this, we'd love to have you on the journey. I'd love to tell you where our social medias are all going to be, but we haven't set them up yet uh, while we're recording this first episode. But by the time this goes live, they will exist. Mm-hmm. So look out for those. You should be able to find them on uh, our website if we have one or in our show notes, yeah, which I don't really know what those Facebook. are yet. But we'll find some got some time and uh, yeah once we go live find us engage in the conversation call us out when we get it wrong ask the questions that maybe you don't feel safe asking in other spaces and uh, and uh, join recommend us on the journey. as you say and recommend good beer <laughs> yes absolutely yes give us some recommendations and we will try them in future episodes uh, well thanks for joining us we'll and uh, talk to you soon